Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome to the campfire. Welcome. We are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. So how much time did you spend on uh, Facebook and Instagram this weekend looking at posters of subpar parks? That was insane. It was really silly. It was kind of fun to look at, but really goofy. So what Peggy's talking about, there was an artist who wanted to create images of the national parks and somehow got the crazy idea of using the worst reviews that she could find and creating these travel posters of these terrible reviews. Right. So they're all one star reviews. With short amounts of writing, because she does hand lettering, plus the poster would get awfully busy otherwise. So they're kind of short one-star reviews of national parks. Yeah, but they're... I mean, it's sad because the reviews just show people don't get it, but... It's funny because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So anyway, you will be able to find a link to that in our show notes. And uh, I've had people ask, what are these show notes that you talk of? Well, if you look at our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, whatever, you'll see that there are notes that go with each episode. And in those notes are links. We also have those same links on our website. So if you happen to listen to the podcast through our website, which you can also do, you can subscribe to it wherever you get podcasts. But on our website, there are also links and it'll take you out to the discounts and deals and the things we talk about here on the podcast. So that is the show notes. So you can find them. And if you have any trouble, just hit us up. We'll be happy to to help you out. And you can hit us up on our Facebook page or our Facebook group. We have Stressless Camping Podcast, which is also where you'll see those goofy posters. Right. We have a terrific interview this week with somebody who Peggy introduced me to. Oh, I was so excited. So you all know that I love to read and you might know that I'm a girl and I camp, thus girl camper. And also I belong to the Sisters on the Fly group. And through those groups, I became acquainted with Karen Musser-Nortman, who is an author and writes mystery series. And she writes a few different series, but the series that got us hooked is the Franny Shoemaker series about mysteries and camping. Yeah, she writes these stories where Franny Shoemaker basically goes camping and bad things happen. (laughs) Bad things happen to good people. Yeah, oftentimes those bad things results in them being dead. Anyway, they're they're really well written and fun to read, so we are going to have Karen right after this. Everybody seems to be talking about lithium batteries for their RVs. Of course, they charge faster, last longer, weigh less, and require zero maintenance. Plus, you don't have to replace them every few years. We love Lion Energy's safe lithium batteries, and with their limited lifetime warranty, they're the last batteries you'll have to buy for your RV. Of course, we have a discount for you on our Discounts and Deals page. And you can learn more about why lithium is the way to go. I am really excited to introduce to you all Karen Musser-Nortman, an author that I quote-unquote met through, (laughs) uh, I guess, Sisters on the Fly and Girl Camper websites, and who is a fantastic author who has... 
a few book series. The kind of introductory one for us, of course, was the Franny Shoemaker Mystery Series, uh, because Franny camps a lot with her family. But then also the Time Travel Trailer Series and the Mystery Sisters as series. And then, of course, there's we'll we'll get really excited and talk about the new expanded version of the Tips and Recipes book. Yes. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Peggy got me hooked on the Franny Shoemaker series. And those books are basically Franny goes camping and bad things happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I usually dis describe it as a group of senior citizens camping together who occasionally stumble over dead bodies. Yeah, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's kind funny. of my tagline. <laughs> if, uh, if I knew Franny as a real person in real life and I knew where she was camping, I would make sure not to be there. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think maybe you'd that. stop You'd stop accepting her invitations after a while. <laughs> Although they, <Right. laughs> they seem to have some pretty great meals. So Franny and her husband go with another couple and often bring grandchildren and such. And they, they have some pretty terrific meals. What is the inspiration for someone like Franny Shoemaker? Well, Franny and Larry camp with his sister and her husband, which we do also. And people have asked if Franny and Larry are based on us. Uh, they never were. Uh, my husband, Butch, was a very laid-back person who never met a rule he couldn't break. And Larry is a <laughs> compulsive uh, you know, he's a former policeman and he's very much into the rules. And so there's a lot of differences that way. But we do camp with, or we did camp a lot with my husband's sister and her husband. And they are both excellent cooks. They are certified Kansas City Barbecue Society judges. Oh, and so sometimes we would have to go with them to contests. We'd camp near wherever they were judging. Oh, bummer. And then we'd have to, <laughs> have to eat the leftovers. Oh, man. Man, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a real sacrifice. And they both love to cook. The other people we regularly camp with all love to cook. And we do have some fantastic meals. So it just seemed a natural to include in with the mysteries. And starting with the very first one, I included... Well, originally, I put them at the end of each chapter, but then people mm -hmm. thought they were distracting there, so I ended up putting them all at the end of the book. But either a recipe or a camping hint for each chapter in the book. So all of the books have those. Yeah, it's pretty neat as RVers or campers. The books have great plot lines and twists, and they're wonderful stories, but there's also great recipes and tips for camping as well in there. Right. And they aren't all my recipes and tips. Readers send them in to me. Oh, that's awesome. So if you see a name with it, it's someone else who got a free book out of it and <laughs> gave me a little help there. We have, I have been known to, oh, I know we took one trip down to Mark Twain Lake in Missouri with five other couples and we had shrimp boil one night and homemade pizza in an outdoor pizza oven one night and smoked brisket one night with all the everyone providing sides and wow. so that's very typical of our meals we very seldom use convenience foods or have sandwiches right yeah they all sit around the campfire and it's amazing what they can what they can put together yeah <laughs> but i really enjoy the stories i mean they're they're fun they're 
I get a good laugh. They're very intriguing and and I have a fairly short attention span, so I have no problem following them. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it you know sometimes there I've read books where I'm like, what? Yeah, some books are so hard to get through, and these books are just really easy to follow. And Tony always at the end, well, not always. Tony at the end sometimes says, I knew it. And sometimes at the end says, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it excellent. It's perfect because you always think you're going to know. And then sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. But the, <laughs> the cool thing is, is it, it, they're great books to bring with you camping and they're about camping. So it's a natural combination. Right. Well, I started them right after I retired oh, eight years ago, nine years ago. And I we were going camping for for the weekend and I'd just gotten a Kindle for Christmas that year and so I thought I'll look for a light mystery to take along and I thought it'd be fun to have something that was about camping and there at that time there weren't any on Amazon. I couldn't find any mysteries related to camping. So I thought I better write some. Right. But I, I deliberately made them short length so they could be read in a weekend. And I also thought so many times when you're camping, you may be confined by the weather. You don't always have TV reception, you know, so a good book is absolutely a necessity in our camper. For sure. And yeah. since you just decided, I'm going to write a novel, had you done writing in the past or was it just something you wanted to do? I did as a kid and I always wanted to write, but I had three children and taught school for 22 years. And then I worked for ACT, which is the American College Testing Company, you know, the ACT tests that some uh -huh. kids take to go to college. I worked for them for 18 years writing test items and editing tests and so on. Oh, wow. When you write a test item, when we did anyway, we always had to have one right answer that could absolutely be justified and defended in court if necessary and four wrong answers that were definitely wrong, but still we called them attractive distractors. They would be tempting, they would be logical, and so on. Well, a mystery is like that. Yeah. You have, uh, you know, the murderer, if it's a murder mystery, and you have to have some other suspects to make it interesting. Right. And all of those suspects have to be viable, so... I felt like that was kind of training for, huh. for writing my mysteries. Yeah, it sounds like it was really good training. Yeah, what an interesting way to come about writing a whole bunch of series yeah. of camping stories. Well, and often they've been instigated by some incident that you think, I don't know, I know you're campers and and. When you sit around a campfire, sometimes we speculate a bit about other people in the campground, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I included that in the first book. We were at Makokata Caves State Park here in Iowa, and there was a beautiful little airstream across the road from us and a red pickup that they pulled it with. And on Friday night, there's a whole bunch of people there. And the next morning, I get up very early, and the next morning I saw that pickup leave, and we never saw anyone the rest of the weekend huh. so we debated whether perhaps somebody the 
whoever drove the red pickup had killed everyone else in the camper. (laughs) You know, probably there was some kind of family emergency and they all left because at the end of the weekend they came back and got the trailer. So we kind of always have made up stories about the people we see that we don't know anything about. And then sometimes there's been actual incidents that have led to it. The book, The Space Invader, are you familiar with that one? Oh, that one, I loved that one. In New Mexico. Well, we were in New Mexico right before I wrote that and we were headed to Roswell and eventually up to Santa Fe but we were going to stop in Roswell and we got stopped in a roadblock as they described there and when we got to be our turn the patrolman said I need to look in your camper we have two escaped convicts Oh, and they were transporting them from down to Las Cruces I think maybe from Albuquerque. Somewhere along the line, they'd lost them. They apparently hire commercial outfits a lot of times to do this transport. Then they weren't real reliable, I guess. Anyway, they were looking for these convicts and they were afraid that they had stowed away in somebody's trunk or camper or something. And so I gave him the keys and he said, well, is it locked? Has it been locked all day? And I said, oh, yes, it has. And he said, oh, well, then that shouldn't be a problem. Nobody could be in there. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he let us go. Well, then as we went on down the road, we got talking about our storage compartments. We don't always remember to lock those and a couple of them in that trailer were big enough for a person. Huh. So that's that's how that book came about. The whole time I was reading that, I just kept thinking, oh, I'm so glad we have tiny outdoor cupboards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A cat could barely fit in ours. So I knew a human wouldn't be there. Right. Yeah. So, you you know, those kinds of things happen. And I just think, well, what if this had been different? Right. So the books are sort of based on real occurrences in some distant respect. Most of them. The last one, the real actors, not people. We always got a chuckle out of the Chevy ad that reverses that. And we would say that we'd turn it around. But we've never been anywhere where they were filming a reality TV show or anything like that. But the Blue Coyote was based on an actual incident. My husband was very disgusted with a little girl who was riding her bike by and the training wheels were broken and so loud and she was too big to be on this bike. And we had our whole family there and we were having supper and couldn't talk. So he went out in the road when she came back by to ask her to wait until after supper. And she saw him and she ran, got off her bike and ran to a lady that was walking by. And he came back and he said, I think I'm in trouble. And sure enough, pretty soon here came the ranger and the mother and the little girl and the woman. And the mother said, there he is. He's a blue coyote. And even the ranger looked shocked and said, what? And she said, that's our code word for stranger danger. Well, it was daylight and, you know, there were five kids at our picnic table. I mean, it wasn't a threatening situation at all. But at that time, I thought, what if the lady she went to for help? was the real problem. Mm. And so that book came out of that particular incident. Huh, interesting. The Real Actors Not People was kind of fun for me because we actually have been in a reality show. So, Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the funny thing is, uh, yeah, Peggy has been in one with me and I've been in two more. That kind of hit close to home, especially right. the characters. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see those big motorhomes and people who have never camped before and it hit 
pretty close to home. Yeah. <laughs> so you did a great job describing all that. Well, you know, I think we've all been in campgrounds where there are people who are just either just starting out or we have met people who have rented a big motorhome for the first time in their lives and they're taking a two-week trip through the West or something, you know, and have no idea what they're doing, you yeah. know. And, yeah. and so there are lots of mistakes. And of course, even if you know what you're doing, it's easy to make mistakes. So Sure. Yeah. Uh, we've seen a lot of European travelers that we get here who are going from Southern California to Northern California, and they rent those Cruise America motorhomes. Right. That's interesting. They usually either adapt very, very well or <laughs> very, yeah. very badly. Or not so well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is not stressless camping then. Well, my sister-in-law, who is currently camposting in California, said her one of her favorite questions was someone knocked on their door one night and had just arrived, and he said he had a tent site rented. And they said, okay. And he said, but there's no tent on it. Oh, and, oh no. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, was it nighttime? I think it was daytime, but they sent this person into the nearest store, which they knew had some little tents. But they said, you know, well, we don't provide the tents. Why do they call it a tent site then? Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> wow, I never would have thought of that. Lesson to campgrounds. Grab a tent, keep it in the office, <laughs> rent it uh, out yeah. when you need to. <laughs> no, no, that, that'll that that'll end badly. Explain it more clearly on right. the website, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they even have a website. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's the frustrating <laughs> thing. So, you just finished a new book, but not a mystery book. Well, it's it's a mystery if you don't know your way around the kitchen. <laughs> There's a lot of mystery in my world. <laughs> yeah, by the it's way, I do most new. of the cooking. It's partially new. As I said, in the campground mysteries, I include a recipe or a ca- camping hint for every chapter that's in there. So five years ago, I put together all of the recipes. Several people asked me if I didn't have them all together somewhere. So I put them all together in a from the first four books in a little paperback and eventually put it on e-book but it was just called Happy Camper Tips and Recipes. Since then I've written four more books so there's twice as many recipes and, and so I combined them all. So this new one actually half of it is what was in the original edition. This is the second edition. The e-book is out. The paperback will be out in a few days. Yeah so if you're looking for great recipes for your next camping adventure this is a great book to pick up. All right. I'm very excited to get it. And lots of good hints. I just love some of the hints that people have sent in, you know, things you'd never think about, but are very practical. Any particular that stand out you want to share with our audience? As far as the hints, oh, there's lots of storage things where people talk about using, reusing containers like Tic Tac boxes for spices right. and things like that. Somebody mentioned thumbtacking, a piece of elastic inside your medicine cabinet with loops so that to hold oh. aspirin bottles and things like that when you're traveling. That's a really good idea because ours is messed up every time we get somewhere. Yeah, we, we get somewhere <laughs> and then it's like, all right, we do the, what is that, rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to be the sucker who opens up the medicine cabinet. <laughs> yes, and I try and remember there are certain things in ours that always tend to move and, you know, sometimes you remember to be careful when you open that cabinet and other times you forget. Yeah. <laughs> Pay the price. A tip that I've included is I've made a cloth cord caddy that hangs on the wall 
that holds all of our co- our electronic chargers. Oh. It's got a it's like a shoe bag only it's smaller, but it's got enough pockets for the chargers we need. And I've got three command hooks on the wall in the camper that it hooks onto. And when we get home, I have three hooks on the side of a desk, and I just bring it in. So oh, nice. That's a really good idea. When we idea. pack up, then I know I've got all the chargers that I need. I don't have to. Right. If there's an empty pocket, then something's missing. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's a really good idea. Now I've got to read the book twice just to make right? sure I don't miss anything. <laughs> and then any favorite recipes out of the book? Several. I don't remember which book it is in, but it will be in the recipe book. There's a crock pot potatoes. And the first book I did get criticism because I mentioned crock pots and ovens and stuff. And they said that's not really camping. But, you know, it's a little <laughs> bit of everything. So I guess if they were offended, I'm sorry. This potato recipe has like six spices in it. A teaspoon of salt, pepper, garlic powder, onion powder, Italian seasoning, parsley, and then half a teaspoon of dill. So I mix all that up in a Ziploc bag before we go. And then you just cut up potatoes in the crock pot, throw that in, half a stick of margarine and a quarter cup of water and cook them for... So they're not real fattening, and other than that they're potatoes, of course. But, <laughs> but it's a favorite with our group. That would be, I guess, one of my favorites. You picked a good favorite because Tony would eat potatoes 15 times a day if we let him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah comes, with, comes with my heritage. I love potatoes. <laughs> it's funny. One of my favorite camp recipes of all time comes from a friend who I worked with in the RV industry, Manya, and she made pulled pork in the RV oven, and she got one of those oven thermometers and figured out that if she turned the knob down actually below where the marks are, that that oven would be about 225 degrees. And one time we went camping and she put some pork in that oven and ran it at that low temperature man it made the most fantastic pulled pork and it was in the rv oven well that's pretty amazing because i rarely use the oven in ours because they're not very predictable you know no (laughs) so that's that is amazing yeah although last night she was she was here and we talked about that pulled pork because i i've I think about it more than I probably should. And she said, yeah, but I tried to make cornbread in the same oven and all I got was a charcoal and uncooked cornbread. So. Yes. So your other series, Time Travel Trailer, which is a shorter series, but also very much fun to read, is intriguing because it's not only a little bit of some mystery, but it's also vintage trailer fun. Right. Um, I'm in a couple of groups. I'm a member of Sisters on the Fly, but I'm also also in a more regional group that's called Midwest Glampers. And the first time I went to one of their gatherings, they a lot of them have vintage trailers. And I had read Stephen King's 112263 about that time, which is a time travel book. Uh-huh. In that, the time portal is in an old dining car, railroad mm-hmm. dining car. So I just kind of made the leap from there to, I thought how much cooler it would be to have a trailer that you could haul around end up being a time portal. And I used the 1937 covered wagon, which I hadn't actually seen one until a couple years ago. We were at the museum in Elkhart, Indiana, the RV museum, Uh and they have one there. Oh, They actually were a very common 
trailer in the late 30s. But I wanted something that went back at least that far, was made at least that early. So that's why I chose that. It started out to be just a single standalone book. And then Reader from California wrote and said, you need to do another one. You could put Sisters on the Fly in it. You could do this and this and this. She outlined the whole book for me. So um, that's how it turned into a series. And I have one very good friend who thinks I should do one in 1959 in Clear Lake, Iowa, the Buddy Holly concert, because I grew up near there and the surf ballroom was our coolest hangout. So I'm real familiar with that. She thought, I mean, I guess if you think hard enough, you could come up with hundreds of stories to write. One for every day since 1937. (laughs) (laughs) And a few people would just assume that all time travel has to be back to the Middle Ages or Scotland in 1600s or something, you know, because of the popularity of a lot of recent time travel books. But I think it's interesting just in in the very first one, I've often wondered what my grandparents were like as young children or as teenagers. Yeah. Or, so she gets the opportunity to see that. Yeah, they're really, that's a good, a fun series. And the Mystery Sisters are fun. They don't camp, but no. <laughs> they're still a lot of fun. <laughs> well, and there again, it's based on reality. My grandmother in southern Minnesota and my great-aunt Mary from Missouri, who taught phys ed into her 70s and did drive a Studebaker. She used to come up in the 50s and say to my grandmother, let's go to California or let's go to Connecticut. And off uh-huh. they go. And my cousin asked her about it. She said, you must really get along well to travel like that. And Betty said, Said, oh no, we argue all the time. <laughs> so I thought that made a good start. Yeah. And that Studebaker that you have on your website, the picture, I love Studebaker. So that just reading about the Studebaker makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Studebakers too. They're, they were a very cool car. Yeah. It's yeah. such an unusual, that particular one, the bullet nose models. Right. So anything, any future books that we should keep an eye out for? I've got two partials in the Franny Shoemaker series. One will involve a barbecue contest, and it's called Grilling the Suspect. (laughs) I'm better at titles than plots. I come up with titles immediately. You come up with a title, and then you have to write a whole book around it. (laughs) Yes, I really have to bleed to get that plot out. And the other one takes place over in a park on the west side of Iowa called Lewis and Clark State Park. All of the books are based on an actual park. The Lewis and Clark Park on the Missouri River every year has a rendezvous and a celebration of the expedition. And they also have a replica of the discovery, the keelboat that the expedition used. And that that book is called Corpse of Discovery. Oh, man. <laughs> Instead of Core of Discovery. Yeah. So did you, um, do you write a lot of these when you're on the road or is it more like the inspiration comes when you're out and then you go back and work on them? Or? Yeah, I do more of the writing at home, I guess, but I usually do some writing whenever we're traveling. Or at least you do the plotting with your fellow campers so that yeah. <laughs> I guess to write about. They're afraid to talk around me anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Who's going to get off next? I even have a coffee cup that says, be careful of annoying the writer or she will put you in your next book and murder you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy. One of the hazards of having a friend who's who's got so many great series where people happen to yeah. expire. <laughs> <laughs> we have in the last three years, my husband drove a school bus after he retired. So we were kind of tied down during the school year, but four years ago or five years ago, I guess, he quit that and we would take every spring and fall, we would take a long trip through the southeast or through the southwest, one fall up to the Michigan UP and that's how the real actors not people came about they were wonderful trips and we'd go for four to six weeks you know so then i did ride on the road quite a bit but i lost him this winter and uh so now i'm looking at reorganizing my camping plans uh we have a 30-foot trailer i have never towed anything in my life and i'm now 77 and i think it's too late to learn no, so it's oh, not. no it's no, not, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm uh, it is for sale, and I'm looking for a smaller, probably a small motorhome or something that I can drive because I don't want to quit right. camping. I love it. Right. Yeah, there's and there's so many good choices nowadays. And, yeah. I, and I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your husband. I know we had exchanged emails about that. But I'm glad to hear that you are still going to get out there and do what you love to do. And so I wish you the best in finding that perfect solution. Yeah, there are just so many great choices. It's right. uh, There's almost, you know, if you can imagine a circumstance or a configuration, there are probably several people out there manufacturing that. Yeah, probably. Probably, yes. And I just, this last weekend, was with this Midwest Glampers group for one night. They were kind of planning the campouts for the summer. They're just amazing women. And a number of them are widows or divorced or were never married. A number of them have families. Sometimes, unlike the sisters on the fly, they do sometimes include families and husbands. Several of them have two or three trailers that they've huh. refurbished themselves. Wow. I, they're just amazing. They're my inspiration yep. for sure yeah and the good thing is the community is so welcoming and so encouraging that that's that's something that's exceptional about the rv community i think so too the people are awesome. Yeah, it's very seldom you run into someone who's really antisocial or any kind of a problem. And I know some people are concerned about going or particularly a woman going alone about safety. But we've never had anything that fortunately nobody's ever been murdered where we are camping. So. <laughs> Only well, in books. And that's Only good, in my imagination. We'll keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Karen, what a pleasure it is to, to speak with you here. And I just encourage our listeners to pick up your books because they're really an enjoyable read. You do a super job. Well, and they're you. also relevant to uh, what we love is RVing and camping. And eating. And eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yes. How could I forget that? <laughs> Yes, definitely the eating. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you look at me and you realize that that's got to be my biggest hobby. <laughs> you know, sometimes we go for walks after we eat, so we feel like we've, we're justified in all right, those extra exactly. calories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes just setting up the cooker grill is considered a workout. I would, yeah. I would count it. <laughs> Absolutely. I just posted a, a series of pictures today on my I saw author them, yeah. Facebook page. And that grill goes together very simply and quickly. My husband yeah. met someone in the Quad Cities who made those in his garage. And he bought several of them because people kept saying, well, get me one, get me one. <laughs> but then the last time someone asked about it, a 
and he called this fellow. He never could get a hold of him again. But it's such a clever idea, and yeah. nobody else makes them that we've ever found. We just had a local blacksmith make us a tripod that we are testing out right now. So uh-huh. it's, it's kind of the same thing. The tripod goes over the fire, and you hang your Dutch oven or whatever, or even grill. So we're playing around with that, and so we'll post some pictures of that. But right. This thing is neat, but it's not light, but it's neat. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, our, our ours is not terribly heavy, and it all comes apart. And the nice thing about it is the grill just swings off the fire. So if you want a campfire afterwards, you don't have to worry about moving anything. You just swing a, swing the arm around and build your fire up. Yeah, it's pretty. I saw it, and it's neat. Well, super. Again, thank you so much for your time with us today. And we'll put links on how people can find you and buy your books. So yeah, we encourage people to read them because they're, they're just terrific. Yeah, in fact, last... Last Christmas slash friend's birthday, that was what I gave her for present was the first one or two of your books. So thank you. Get her started. (laughs) Well, sometimes there are reviews where people say, well, this isn't Pulitzer Prize material. Well, it isn't meant to be. You know, it's strictly escape. And once in a while, I'll hear from a reader who will say, I love to camp, but I've been taking care of my mother. She's in hospice and I sit all day and, you know, your books have really gotten me through. So I feel good about that. Right. Yeah. They have have that kind of effect on some people. I think there there's always going to be some grumps who don't, no matter what. I see bad reviews for Disneyland for right. God's sake. So <laughs> that that thing's going around right now. Those uh, graphics that that person did for all the one star reviews. On oh yeah. <laughs> National parks. Yeah, we'll post a, oh. a link to those. Yes. Even nature gets bad reviews. <laughs> yeah, something yes. like. I didn't like being there because there are too many trees in a national park yeah. or some, yeah. something ridiculous like that. All there is here is a lake and, a, and trees and mountains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at those too. Great place if you like nature. Yeah, well, trees yeah. block yeah. the view. <laughs> There are too many gray rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the cactus park, right? The the I forget the cactus park, and it's like, well, it's a great place if you like cactus. Yeah, yeah. or the Grand Canyon, a hole, a very very it's large a big hole. hole. Very large no hole. kidding. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, there's always that. Well, very good. We we appreciate your time, and we look forward to the new Franny Shoemaker for sure mysteries coming out, and also to getting our yeah, our we're gonna get our cookbook. tips. And recipes book right you bet away. we are <laughs> okay after what i've been through this winter with my husband revising the tips and recipe books was kind of a no-brainer that i could work back into it so i'm ready right. to get back into writing now so good Good. Okay. Yeah. And we wish you the best moving forward and, and stay in touch. Yes. And maybe we'll run into each other somewhere. That would be fabulous. Yeah, I sure hope so. <laughs> we'll just hope there isn't a murder. No, exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Right, okay. Karen, Karen thank, thank you. you so much for joining us today. We well, really appreciate it and you. love speaking with you. It's great to visit with you. You as well. Thank you. Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries and 
breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host Destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. All right, so hopefully you'll want to get Karen's books. We, I really enjoy them. Peggy is the one who turned me on to them, and they're terrific. Right, and Tony's not a big fan of fantasy and not real stuff, so no. I don't know if I can talk him into doing the time travel trailer, but I'm going to still work on him. Maybe you can take the time travel trailer and go back in time and figure out why I don't like fantasy oh, stuff. Maybe and maybe I then, could try that. Yeah, <laughs> ask Karen if you can borrow it. Okay. <laughs> it's certainly camping weather, that's for sure. That is so for sure it is spring well except for the fact that we're going to get snow this weekend again (laughs) but i swear it's coming and it's camping season let's get out there and go camping we're our calendar is filling up every time i look at it i see more and more highlighted dates on there and which excites me very much so get out there and go camping yeah and we have been using last week we talked about the google calendar and google maps yep and we have been using that extensively and i think something I missed out on explaining. So with Google Maps, you can actually bookmark things in folders. So for example, we have a trip coming up going to Arizona for the FMCA rally in Tucson, which I am so glad they did not cancel. Right. And in that we have not only the Pima County Fairgrounds where the FMCA rally is going to be, but also we have all of the stops on the way. So right. if you like planning, that Google Maps tool is really outstanding for that. And you can segregate it by trip. For example, we have a trip coming up this summer to Oklahoma. And so all the stops for that are in a subfolder yep. about that. We have other trips planned. We have wannabe trips where we will go there someday. We will but go someday. Yeah. And that's its own folder called Wanna Go. <laughs> and I found something on Facebook this week about the most haunted places in Northern California. So I made that a folder so we can do a trip that just kind of close to home. But So you're saying we should scare up a trip? We should scare up a trip to Northern California. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, But the other thing that we're going to do when we go to Arizona, when we go to Tucson, is we're going to go visit my friend Kathy, who works at the Petrified Forest out of Holbrook. Speaking of scaring up a trip. (laughs) That's right. So that's going to get added to our Google Map folder. Yeah. And now I want to ask her when we get there, what scared an entire forest? She's probably been asked before and probably has an answer for you. (laughs) Absolutely. She probably does, and it probably involves words we don't say. Right. We might not put that on the air. No. I tend to be a smart aleck. I know you're surprised about that. But anyway, yeah, so we have that Tucson trip. We're going to the Petrified Forest, a few other places. And so all organized in a folder. It really, it works out very well. Right. And, And go camping, for gosh sakes, this summer. Don't let all this scary stuff bother you. Just get out your calendars and start planning some trips and take your you, hand soap yeah just bring your, your soap and, and water and, and toilet paper oh my god <laughs> oh that it that just oh, we weren't gonna go there were no we? we weren't wow i saw a friend of mine posted on facebook he was at costco and was very proud of the fact that he covered his entire carton toilet paper oh, gosh. and i'm just like oh wow okay 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, we weren't going to talk about that. I mean, that. we usually buy it like that anyway, so whatever. <laughs> Not really. Well, just because I don't like to shop. So when I, I get it, yeah. when I get it, I'm going big. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, isn't that weird? Like, Peggy and I are so opposite of normal people in so many ways, but I, <laughs> I love going to the store. And Peggy, she is not a shopper. Every single day. Do you want to go to the store today? And I just look at him like, didn't we just go yesterday? <laughs> yeah. I mean, any kind of store. The electronics store, the camping store. The grocery store. I, yeah, I, this guy likes out, to shop. I do. I like going <laughs> places and seeing people and seeing what they're doing. I'm a curious individual. You are. You're very outgoing. Me. Yeah, and that's I what didn't. I love about you. Oh, <laughs> oh! Everybody in their car just went oh, or or was like, oh, <laughs> all right. So well. anyway, if you have a favorite destination that might be on the way from our house to Arizona or Oklahoma, let us know. We'll see if we can fit it onto our map. Yeah, absolutely. And you can share with us in our Facebook group, which is a fun discussion with lots of happy campers. It is indeed. Are you already a stressless camper? Are you a dreamer? What's stopping you from? stressless camping we can talk about that over on our facebook group as well and we're in all the places where's facebook and all those places you can find us at www.stresslesscamping.com and jump off there to go to the facebook and all those places and hey i have been spending a lot of time this past couple weeks trying to learn how to use pinterest so i've made some boards and i've added some pins to it and boy if you are a fan of pinterest and have some time to check me out i mean (laughs) you know (laughs) Uh, <laughs> to check out the boards on stressless camping. Let me know what you think. Am I am I even doing it right? I think you're I'd doing love to have your feedback. Well, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, remember it's free to subscribe on any podcast app. We are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And a review would help others find our podcast and more listeners means we can continue to get the best guests for you. So leave a review if you haven't, okay? Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Have a great week and Happy camping! We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey. Don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app. And visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm Stressless Camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping!